Welcome to Yin Untangled. I'm Kat Mead. Welcome everyone to this latest episode of Yin Untangled. I am your host, Kat Mead, owner of The Yin Method. And in today's episode, I wanted to have a little talk about yin and yang and the duality of yin and yang. So to start with, let's define what duality means. It's a word that's been popping into my head so much lately about so many different things. And I actually really like it as a concept because I think that when we look at the world or look at ideas or look at opposing ideas with a sense of duality, an understanding of duality, it really helps us to see things from not only our perspective, but from other people's perspectives as well. So duality is the contrast between two concepts or two sides of a thing. And I think that yin and yang really embody this idea or this definition of duality. So first, what's yin and what's yang? We all, well, most of us probably know the yin-yang symbol, also known as the Tai Chi symbol. It's the circle that's separated with a curved line with one side being white, one side being black, but each side having a small dot of the opposite color within them. So that's our yin-yang or Tai Chi symbol. Now, the visualization here that's really important is showing that within yin, there is always yang, and within yang, there is always yin. So what's yin? Yin can be thought of as an energy that is cold, passive, it's a more being energy, it's darker, it's relating with the moon. There's lots of different ways we can describe this. Yang energy is thought of as being hot, active, it's the doing energy, it's light and it's relating to the sun. So the yang is the more energetic, the yin is the more restful or yeah, restful um, energy of the two. But within our yang, within hot, we must be able to see the opposing side of hot, which is cold, which is yin. So you cannot have yang without yin and you cannot have yin without yang because you can't say a thing is cold unless you understand the opposite, unless you understand what something feels like when it's hot. I really hope that makes sense. <laughs> When we're looking at yin and yang, I think it's really interesting and really important also to point out that there is nothing absolute. There's no absolute terms. Yin becomes yang, yang becomes yin. You know, you boil water and it's hot, but it cools down. So it goes from a state of being yang, being hot, being active, to being passive, to being cold. And so there's nothing absolute. There's nothing static. We switch between these two different sides of us or we have the ability to switch between these two different sides of all these two different energies. And we have the ability, I mean, that's how we're made. We've been made to embody both yin and yang. So sometimes you'll see yin and yang as being related with masculine and feminine. Feminine being yin and masculine being yang. And I think it's really important to separate yin feminine and yang masculine from male and female. Because 
in society today, and I think maybe it is changing a little bit, but in society today, and this is my perspective only, I think that there's probably still a lot of toxic masculinity in our society today. And it can be hard when you're one of those people who really values their masculinity to be able to drop into their femininity as well. I think that perhaps femininity is still seen by some people as weak. And so whether you are male or female, there is a possibility that there's people who simply can't or won't connect with either one or the other because they see it as either being weak or being unmasculine or unfeminine. So many of us grow up being told that we need to be feminine, you know, we need to shave our legs, we need to wear skirts, we need to put on makeup, we need to look a certain way, act a certain way, regulate ourselves in a certain way in order to be desirable to men. And so I think that it can be really hard to break this habit of putting things in categories and being stuck in a category. So being in a category of masculine or a category of feminine just because of the sex that we are born as. And I mean, you can look at this in so many different ways, but masculine and feminine are things that we are societally pressured into being one way or the other most of the time. So the point of that is that I really think it's important to separate the feminine of yin and the masculine of yang from the sex of male and female, because we as humans need to embody both. We're not one or the other. We must honor aspects of both yin and yang because we need them both. We need the cooler, more passive, more being states. We need to go into our darkness and play around with our shadows. Just as much as we need to be active, we need to get our heart racing. We need to have the energy to do things. And we are awake. We're awake when it's sunny. We're asleep when the moon's out for most of us. You know, there's no one without the other. We can't be either yin or yang. And if we do kind of stray into those territories where we are moving more towards one of these energies than the other, our body or our lifestyle will tell us. It'll tell us when we've gone too far one way or the other. And, you know, with awareness, we have tools that we can use to do something about it, to either use our yin to balance our yang or use our yang to balance our yin and come into a state of equilibrium. I really like the analogy of thinking of yin and yang energy as being two different sides of a mountain. So in this description, the mountain is us. We are the mountain. And the sunny side of the mountain is the yang. And the shady or shadowed side of the mountain is the yin. And so we want to see if we can be the mountain, experiencing both sides, the sun and the shadows, the shade, equally. And just be that mountain that is completely balanced and completely at ease with feeling both of these things. And that might sound like a dream. That might sound like something that could never happen because most of us are either more leaning towards one or the other. And that's just how it is. That's, that's our society. That's most of our society is pushing us more towards yang, in my opinion. You know, we glorify being busy and doing and getting shit done. But 
you know, sometimes you have to say fuck that to getting shit done and you need to go and lay on the floor for an hour. If you don't have an hour, maybe you need to go and lay on the floor for five minutes. I'm very passionate about this as it turns out. I'm actually, you know, this is kind of surprising me. Um, but I think you also have to recognize if you're going to yin, if you're laying in bed all day, and sometimes I know that you need to lay in bed all day, and a lot of the time that has to do with whatever is happening for your mental health, and I know it's not as easy as saying, well, if you're laying in bed all day, you need to get up and go for a walk, because it's not as easy to do that as it sounds, as just saying it, you know. The person who's laying in bed all day because they simply can't get out of bed knows that they'll feel better if they get out of bed and go for a walk. But knowing it and doing it and being able to do it are two very different things. Okay, who knew that this was going to turn into a rant? I didn't, but it is. All right, so there are no absolute terms. We need both yin and yang. We need to feel the opposing energy to understand the current energy. So if we're feeling happy, we need to understand what it feels like to be sad because otherwise, how do we say we're happy? We may as well just be neutral if we don't understand the opposing or contrasting energy of an emotion we're feeling as well. Yin and yang also come into play when we're talking about our meridians, our energy lines, and our organs. So you would have heard some of my other episodes where I talk about our organs and our energy lines. And mostly we have these meridian lines that work within yin-yang pairs. There are different pairs we can look at, but I'm going to get into them another day because that's a whole other topic. Um, but for example, we have the heart and the small intestine as a yin-yang pair. And the heart is our yin organ and our yin energy line. So the organ itself is hidden away. It's the most hidden part of the body. It's dark. It's cold. It's not passive, but it's the being. It's sitting there. It's beating. It's really just doing what it does. It's just being. The yang is the small intestine. And when we talk about yang organs, we're talking about the organs that fill and they empty. They're more easy to find, I guess, within the body. They're closer to the outside. They are the doing organs. So that's how yin-yang works in the organs. But with the energy lines, so the meridians, these rivers running through our fascia, the yin-yang here really relates as well. So with the yin organ, you'll find that the energy line that's associated with it is more hidden away. It's running kind of on the inside line somewhere of our body. Whereas the yang line of energy is more on the outside. So there's yin and yang there. There's the yin being more hidden away, darker, and the yang being lighter. I'm going to take a little side note here. There's a family of magpies that live in my neighborhood. And quite often, actually, when I'm recording things, they will just appear outside my window. And they're very cute. There's a couple of babies and a couple of adults. Yeah very cute. Anyway, um, maybe they've appeared now because I'm talking about yin and yang and they're black and white. There's a little bit of gray on the baby ones. That was a definite side note. But <laughs> If I'm not offering you some of my environment, how can we relate? They're very cute. Okay. When we come into our yoga practice, thinking about how we're moving our body in relation to yin and yang is actually very important as well. So in a yin yoga practice, we are being passive. 
We are asking ourselves to be, to let go of force, to let go of control. And often when I'm teaching yin, I will darken the room. So I taught a really beautiful class yesterday where the room was dark and it was just a beautiful energy. Everyone was going really deep and it was, it was really special doing that in the dark because yin yoga unlocks ourselves, you know, we're exploring those shadows within us. And so stuff comes up and out in a yin yoga practice because we lock things away in the dark, things that we don't want to look at. Within that practice as well, it's really important because we are targeting what's thought of as yin and passive tissues in the body to move slowly, to move in a yin way. And the tissues I'm talking about are the fascia, the joints, the ligaments and the bones. These are thought of as yin tissues. Whereas the yang tissues that we think of are more like our muscles, the, the ones that we stretch, the ones that we activate in a, like a flow class, for example. And, you know, the heat they're doing, these are the really active light tissues. And so it's really important to, within a yoga practice context, to move our yin tissues or to target our yin tissues in a yin way and to target our yang tissues in a yang way. But as I said, there's always yin within yang. There's always yang within yin. So being aware and paying attention to what you're doing within your yoga practice is absolutely important as well. And, you know, in your yoga practice, if you're really connected and really present and switched on, you might start to feel and sense that duality of yin and yang, those two sides of the mountain. And you might really start to feel the contrast between these two complementary energies. I read in an article that I was looking at earlier today, something that Carl Jung said. Jung? Jung? Is that how you say it? I don't know. And something it was something along the lines of human beings live in a continuous contradiction. And I liked that because I think we do. We live in a contrast, a contradiction between yin and yang. And we, I think, even maybe subconsciously, are always searching for balance between the two sides of a thing. I hope that made sense. If it didn't, I probably won't release this episode anyway. <laughs> we'll come back to it tomorrow when I'm less uh, all over the place. I feel like my thoughts were kind of all over the place when I was recording this episode. Sometimes that's good for me to get that out and then come back and do it later. But, you know, if you're listening to this right now and me saying this, it means that I, in fact, did not do that and thought it was okay. Thank you so much for listening. I will catch you again soon. If you want to email me, it's theyinmethod at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram at theyinmethod. And I'd love it if you joined my mailing list. Go to theyinmethod.com. If you pop your email address in the little pop-up box that comes up, you will be emailed through a free yin yoga practice that is designed to help you balance your chakras. I'll catch you again soon. Bye. Mm-hmm.